Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Please clap. 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 Are you clapping, Ramon? I can't see you in there. <laughs> Make sure you're clapping. How we doing out there? Had a little bit of a scare. A very dear friend of mine that many of you know um, went to the last night um, thought he was uh, he, he knew the signs his dad died of a heart attack a year younger than he is now and um, right arm I guess um, went numb starts feeling uh, confused flushed anxious so his wife uh, recognized the sign. They rushed him to the hospital. He's there, and uh, <clears throat> they they EKG's fine, but they they're very concerned. What turns out that the uh, potassium, his potassium level had dropped, uh, had bottomed out, and some other thing, his magnesium or capsicum or aluminum or one of them had bottomed out as well. And so they ran tests all night. I mean, it was pretty healthy dude. Scary stuff. They said if he if it had, if he'd waited a few more hours, it was, uh, you know, cash in the life insurance. It was, wasn't going to be good. It's just uh, things like that are very humbling because we walk around feeling bulletproof and invincible, and, and you realize that uh, you never know. You just never know, Ramon. You just never know. Please clap. Story out of Baltimore. Black lives. Oh, he's no. He he's gonna. I mean, he they they sent him home early this morning. He stayed overnight. But uh, thank you for asking, Ramon. Um, thank you for caring, Ramon. They uh, they're gonna send him to an endocrinologist. Hopefully today. They don't know which one or, or where. I don't know if there's a great endocrinologist. That's not an easy word to say, Ramon. I don't know if there's a great endocrinologist out there that wants to help my buddy. Um, but if there is, you just you let me know. By the way, um, we're about to do some work on the website so that it'll be easier for you to email in because uh, some of you have expressed um, unhappiness with the system we have at present. 
which is a Yahoo account that Chris Hogan uh, receives and then prints out. And then I just read those um, later. It's easier that way. But that's Michael Berry Show at – oh, it's not Reagan. It's not. It's Reagan. Michael Berry Show, S-H-O-W for this one, at Reagan.com. That's inefficient. So what we're going to do – we'll keep that account, but we're going to uh, update the website template so you can email us through the website e- uh, easier. Developments in the presidential campaign. Rick Santorum dropped out yesterday, and to the shock of everyone, endorsed. Can I get a drum roll, please? Not Donald Trump. He endorsed Marco Rubio. We need some sort of yeah, or whatever, because you can't just build that up and then. Santorum endorsing Marco Rubio. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. I have, I have reviewed everything that's out there. I have checked around. Nobody saw that one coming. Uh, certainly, I didn't. Most people thought he would, uh, he would endorse um, uh, Donald Trump. Maybe they, maybe they couldn't agree on financial terms. I, I don't know. Um, Donald Trump, meanwhile, took a break from New Hampshire. Not exactly a bad idea. He's he's leading big. In New Hampshire, he doesn't have to spend every minute uh, in New Hampshire right now. He's he's uh, he's he's doing fine there. He was up by 24 points um, in the last poll. The problem with being up by 24 points is it's going to be hard to hold that lead. And so, if he wins by 18 points, which is by all accounts a trouncing, they're going to say it's all about the expectations. So. Um, it would almost be better, if he's going to win by 18, it would almost be better that he be up by two percentage points right now, and then he could he could uh, win by 18, and it would look like, yeah, he crested at the right time. But instead, um, it's it's going to, uh, they're going, the, the story is going to be he didn't meet expectations, and then and then he's going to have what uh, uh, they're referring to on the, the Twitter as a, uh, Trumper tantrum again, and that's not pleasant. Nobody's enjoying watching that breakdown. And uh, oddly enough, he didn't pick up Huckaboo's endorsement. Maybe they couldn't agree to terms. Huckaboo might be driving a hard bargain on his too. Maybe the Huckster's wait, waiting uh, till next week to decide whether he's going to endorse Trump or shiv him. Trump also spent a little time uh, telling Arkansans that Bill and Hillary abandoned them. Using some sort of a battered wife language, um, he said, "You know, Bill and Hillary, they left you. I got news for you. They 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 left you." But the problem is, he was speaking at an arena that was less than five minutes away from the Clinton Presidential Library and massage parlor. Let's be honest. And that library has a penthouse that Bill is apparently constantly in. Um, Hillary may not have gone back since 1992, but Bill does. And the stories are that he's there all the time. So he didn't abandon Little Rock. It's uh, it's odd. Here's, here's Trump says, quote, by the way, I have to tell you this. Hillary and Bill left Arkansas. They left you, folks. They left you. Whether you like it or not, they left you. What does that even mean? They don't want to be back in some crappy little town. Is that how you? Because it 
look, I don't like Bill Clinton, but it's not true. They didn't. They built a damn presidential library there. They built one of the biggest tourist attractions in the state, much less the city. And Bill comes back all the time, even though most of his business is in New York. They didn't leave him. And if they did, what what is that even supposed to mean? And it's odd that he's taken to trashing Bill and Hillary when he and Bill were big buddies. They they traveled around. They were they were but then we go back to the Kardashian candidate. Those are spelled with two K's, like a hair salon. You spell stuff with a C with a K Ramon. He says, I guarantee you, if she or he was here tonight, they wouldn't be having twelve thousand people filling up this arena. Trump said, as booze rained down from the crowd. This is all according to the Washington Examiner. Booze rained down from the crowd. Ah, yes. They wouldn't be able to get 12,000 people in an arena. I can get 12. It'll turn out there were 7,000. But it doesn't matter what's on the brochure as long as you say it and people hoot and holler. Give them a show, Trump. Give them a show. Give them a little bit of the old sucker punch. Please clap. He provides a unique perspective, I think. A Michael Berry show. Michael Berry. to tell Ray LaMontagne to clear his throat? Felt that need? Today's bump music by singers or bands from New Hampshire. We allowed Ramon to use the bing here. Because that would have been too hard. If you have any suggestions, you can post them and tag Ramon Robles Jr. He will check that once an hour or so. Sacramento Kings for Black History Month had Year of the Monkey shirts and center DeMarcus Cousins and other Sacramento Kings players voiced concerns about the team's promotional giveaway at Sleep Train Arena on Monday night. Year of the Monkey t-shirts to celebrate the Lunar New Year. Monday also marked the first day of Black History Month. The King's president told the Sacramento Bee, he, 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 oh, I can't believe this. He said, we'll all need a lesson in sensitivity, don't we? We haven't had a good old-fashioned lesson in sensitivity, sexual harassment. We hadn't been worried about the environment. In at least, I can't keep up. I mean, it's just from bouncing from one to the other. We all just need to be more sensitive all the time about everything. He continued, in an effort to celebrate Chinese New Year, so they were trying to make the Chinaman happy, we had some concerns about the T-shirt giveaway. What is wrong with Year of the Monkey? People don't like monkeys? Okay, so we pull them all before the doors open. Well, that's not that's anti-Chinese. <laughs> Certainly, we don't want to offend anybody. 
and we acted as soon as we heard the concern. You don't ever want to offend anybody. And the way you know if something is right or wrong, you don't know. You don't get to know. You're not supposed to know. You just wait, and if somebody's offended, then you, woo, yes, you jump up and down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So apparently, according to the stories, the black players thought Year of the Monkey was somehow insulting to black people. So the Chinamen are racist, or you recognize that the Year of the Monkey precedes uh, Chinamen meeting black people. So then you realize you're just culturally ignorant, and then you realize that you've apologized for something that you shouldn't be apologizing for, and then you realize it doesn't matter anyway, because some people are perpetually offended. (laughs) Okay, so what about Year of the Snake next year? Who will be offended by that? I don't know if it's a snake. It might be the rat. Do you know what all they are, Ramon? Do you know? How many of them you know? The rat, the snake? The rooster, the cock, the rat, the cock, the snake, the the monkey. What's the other ones? I think there might be a rabbit. I wouldn't want to be the rabbit. I need to look mine up again. It's not an oyster person. Come on, man. We haven't even checked in on Black History Month, and here we are how many days into it. This is Sherry Kulicker with what had happened today on Black History Month. Back in the old days, February 2nd meant the white men with the big old top hats would drag out that groundhog and ask him whether it was going to get warm or not. Back then, it took news so long to travel, it would be people sitting around in Texas on June 19th still waiting to hear whether or not it was going to be six more weeks of winter. As usual, African-American leaders rallied to the cause and came up with a permanent solution. They had a permanent big butt Bertha of Baton Rouge a 350-pound woman who had believed she was a hamster. Sure enough and soon enough, the people of Baton Rouge was able to step outside their house on February 2nd and see what Bessie say was going to happen, reclaiming sports, reclaiming the news, and reclaiming the weather. This month in African-American history. Okay, good. So there you go. That's what's going on, Ramon. That's, as they say, that's what's up. Black Lives Matters, D. Ray McKesson. D-Ray is spelled D-E, capital R-A-Y. Ramon, I'm coming to the conclusion that you are not really down with the cause, with the cause. You're not really down with the cause unless you have a letter in the middle of your name capitalized. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter's D-Ray McKesson will be running for mayor. Stephanie Rawlings Blake gave the thugs space to destroy. Remember, step back, let them tear some stuff up. D-Ray is going to give them an entire city. In a statement, D-Ray says, quote, I am running to be the 50th mayor of Baltimore in order to usher our city into an era where the government is accountable to its people and is aggressively innovative in how it identifies and solves its problems. We can build a Baltimore where more and more people want to live and work and where everyone can thrive. Mm, he sound like He sound like Donald Trump. D-Ray is running as a Democrat. And this is going to be fun because uh, he's going to force the Nick Mosby's and all to uh, try and out Black Lives Matter him. Maybe he will run on the basis of reparations, dismantling the popo, and black-only city programs. That's what he needs to do. Somebody tweeted last night, I can't remember who it was, that uh, 
Bernie ought to just say, I have seen the light. It works for Trump. I have seen the light, and I am for reparations because they're saying it would help him in South Carolina. And Hillary's head would implode. That would be it. If Bernie comes out for reparations, he takes the lead in South Carolina. Remember, uh, Jessa won South Carolina in 88. And in fact, it was in 2008 where Bill Clinton famously said and was overheard and it was repeated that Barack Obama, it, because Barack Obama was, was leading in South Carolina, and Bill Clinton said, that's no big deal. Jesse won South Carolina in 88. <laughs> the first black president, Bill Clinton, can get away with saying, of course he's leading. You know, those black people who vote for black people, that's what they do. <laughs> and that's what he did. And, you know, they gave him a little hell about it for the time being. But then they let him back off the hook again. Obama has been great for Republicans at the state level. In 2008, there were 35 solid or leaning Democrat states. 35 out of 50. 70% of our states. Today, there are only 14. The first time that Gallup registered more red states than blue ones. For the first time since Gallup began measuring party affiliation nationwide, there are now more red states than blue states, more Republican than Democrat states. 20 states are either solidly or leaning Republican, while just 14 are solidly or leaning Democrat. The remaining 16 are competitive between the two parties. Gallup's Jeffrey Jones says it marks a dramatic shift from 08 when Democrat strength nationally was at its greatest in recent decades. Gallup defines a state as solid for a party if that party has a 10-point or larger voter ID edge. So that's 55-45. A leaning state is one where a party has a 5 to 10 point edge, so 53-47. In 2008, there were 35 states that were either solidly or leaning Democratic, 5 solid or leaning Republican, and 10 competitive. Now, look at that. We could go by year by year, but this is all Clinton and Obama destroying Clinton. So Ramon, when I said to him, just as we were going on the air today, do all artists from New Hampshire? I don't know that many. Gigi Allen, uh, Ray LaMontagne. I don't know how many more there are. So I said, who's Gigi Allen? Oh, Gigi Allen's great. And then we got all these messages from people. This is apparently Gigi Allen. We've been listening during the break. Not all of it can be played on the radio, but but I was uh, surprised that there are these things out there that no idea were there. Anyway, first date, first date, 
first date between Hillary and Bernie will be tonight on in New Hampshire. First debate. It's being hosted by MSNBC. Sanders is, by all accounts, likely to hit Hillary on the Goldman Sachs speaking fees after she stumbled last night during the debate. Uh, even people that support Hillary were saying that uh, she did very badly in this exchange. One of the things that Senator Sanders points to and a lot of your critics point to is you made three speeches for Goldman Sachs. You were paid $675,000 for three speeches. Was that a mistake? I mean, was that a bad error in judgment? Look, I made speeches to lots of groups. I told them what I thought. I answered questions. But did you have to be paid $675,000? Well, I don't know. Um, That's what they offered. So... um... Oh. So, you know these... Wall Street groups that you claim you hate, they paid you a bunch of money. Yeah. Well, what they, I mean, it's a lot of money. I mean, it's fine, but then why go off and trash them? I mean, did you have to be paid that much money? Well, that's what they offered. Oh. Oh, okay. And then the little dutiful, look, I don't have a problem with her speaking to the group. I don't have a problem at all. I get paid less, a lot less than that. To give a speech. And I like think I give a better speech than she do. And I'm probably a bigger draw. Just saying. But then again, I can't um, perform political favors for them. So maybe that, maybe that's what she's getting paid for. Oh, I see. Maybe it's not that she's just a great public speaker. One of the things that Senator Sanders points to and a lot of your critics point to is you made three speeches for Goldman Sachs. You were paid $675,000 for three speeches. Was that a mistake? I mean, was that a bad error in judgment? Look, I made speeches to lots of groups. I told them what I thought. I answered questions. But did you have to be paid $675,000? Well, I don't know. Um, That's what they offered. So... um... (laughs) Uh, you know, every every Secretary of State that I know has done that. But that's it's usually once their office and not running for an office again. Well, I didn't know, known. To be honest, I wasn't I wasn't committed to running. I didn't I didn't know whether I you would. You didn't or think not. you were going to run for president again? I, I didn't. I, you know, when I was Secretary of State, several times I said, you know, I, I think I'm done. And you know, so many people came to me, started talking to me. The circumstances, the concerns I had about the Republicans taking back the White House, because I think they wrecked what we achieved in the 90s with 23 million new jobs and incomes going up for everybody. I did not want to see that happen again. I want to defend President Obama's accomplishments and the progress we've made. I want to go further. So, yeah, I was convinced. But, you know, anybody, anybody who knows me, who thinks that they can influence me, name anything they've influenced me on. Just name one thing. I'm out here every day saying I'm going to shut them down. I'm going after them. I'm going to jail them if they should be jailed. I'm going to break them up. I mean, they're not giving me very much money now. I can tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> fine with me. I'm, ha- I'm proud to have 90% of my donations from small donors and 60%, the highest ever from women, which I'm really, really proud of. Yeah, women. Girl power. Please clap. Girl power, that's what we need. You made three speeches for Goldman Sachs. You were paid $675,000 for three speeches. Was that a mistake? I mean, was that a bad error in judgment? Look, I made speeches to lots of groups. I told them what I thought. I answered questions. But did you have to be paid $675,000? Well, I don't know. Um, That's what they offered. 
Uh, you know, every every secretary of state that I know has done that. So that's it's usually once their office and not running for an office again. Well, I didn't know, known. to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't committed to running. I didn't, I didn't know whether I you would You didn't think not. you were going to run for president again? I, I didn't. Lies, 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 yeah. Yesterday on MSNBC, Howard Dean said that criticism of Hillary is sexist. That's why I want her to be president. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so so would a- he agree, though, that there's a communications problem on television? No. I, I, no you don't I, see that? I, I, really, look, I'm going to say this, and I, I'm going to get jumped for it, but i got to do it. If <laughs> if she were a male and she were making these kinds of speeches, would people criti- be criticizing no. her for oh making Oh, my out? God, that's desperate. I'm no, sorry to say it. I don't want to, but I promise you if there was a man who always talked like this on stage, I would make fun of I think the fact is that when Republicans watch Hillary Clinton speak, they are so turned off that I think it actually allows them to underestimate her strength as a candidate because they think, how can anyone right. possibly like her? And I do think that if the warm Hillary that you all know and love does come out, I think Republicans aren't going to know as much how to is deal with that. Get the job right, done so, so, so. <laughs> oh, these people are hilarious. All right, Ramon, here's a joke for you. But oh, we're not at the end of the break? Oh, I like to go into the break with a joke. I got, I got a good one for you going into this. You're going to like this. No, no, wait, hold on. Is it UNLV or UCLA? Both. Uh, uh, it's okay. okay. UNLV in October of 2014, she okay. got $225,000. Then right. a month later, UCLA, she got $300,000 in 2014. I stand okay. corrected so that I mistake. It is good to be Hillary and Bill. They were supposedly dead broke when they came out of the White House. Now they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And you wonder, what have they done for that money? It does make you wonder. All right, Mon, here's a joke. What's the difference between an astronaut and Michael Jackson? Well, one walks on the moon and the other one was a pedophile. The Michael Berry Show continues. Santorum out and endorses Marco Rubio. No surprise he's out. Huge surprise he endorsed Rubio. Rand Paul is out, said he will not endorse during the primaries. Um, uh, He's up for re-election in Kentucky. Uh, But interestingly, tweeted, uh, here is a picture of the new establishment, and it's a picture, I'm told, I've not seen it, of Marco Rubio. What's interesting about that is that um, if Rubio is a new establishment, Rand Paul 
is the anti-establishment. We know his feelings toward Donald Trump. That leaves one candidate for him to possibly support, and that would be Ted Cruz. Philosophically, he's most like Ted Cruz. But will he endorse? I don't know. It's complicated by the fact that he's running for re-election in Kentucky. Mitch McConnell despises Ted Cruz, which I think is a badge of honor. And McConnell is the other senator in Kentucky. Um, in the past, he has not wanted to alienate McConnell when it came to Kentucky elections. But I'll bet that Ted Cruz is far more popular in Kentucky than Mitch McConnell. So this will be interesting. But Rand Paul's super PAC has moved over to support Ted Cruz. So you'll see some money injection there. Also, the night before uh, – sorry, the night of the caucus in Iowa when the – kerfuffle arose over whether Carson was getting out or not, The, which is interesting because the story is that he was going home to Florida. It wasn't, it wasn't that he wasn't going to New Hampshire or South Carolina. He's not. It wasn't that he's going there. He's going home to Florida to get some more clothes. To think this whole thing could have been averted if he just had a bigger suitcase, Ramon. But when you're not going to New Hampshire and you're not going to South Carolina and it, it does look like you're, you're dropping out of the race, I, I mean, uh, or you can just not go to anything, but you're still running. It's, it's odd. It's odd. There's no doubting that. But there was reference last night, and I've not been able to check it yet. There was reference last night on uh, Fox. There was a real cute blonde girl doing Fox last night. Did you see that one? Uh, some woman named Bream, Shannon Bream or something, Bream. Yeah, I don't know who she was. I don't normally watch the uh, the shows, as, as Trump says, the shows, um, until a time like this. And then I'm watching just because I want to see what how the campaigns are trying to spend things because that tells you a lot about their strategy. Whoever they're attacking is who – they're competing with most in the polls. And you learn a lot. Once you know how they're spinning, which most of you do, once you know how they're spinning and why they're spinning, then it's fun because then you you get to see not just what they're doing, but it tells you a lot about what their internal polling is telling them. It tells them a lot, tells you a lot about what what's going on within their campaign that is being exposed. Anyway, um, but there was reference last night uh, by Rick Tyler, uh, who I do not know. He's uh, Ted Cruz's communications guy. Uh, I think his name is Rick Tyler. Doesn't matter. He said that the Cruz super PACs, I mean, the, sorry, the Carson super PACs had come over and uh, decided to endorse Ted Cruz. There's been quite a bit of that. And I heard reference by someone, and I've not, I've not been able to confirm it because I haven't checked it yet, that one of – I guess there was only one Huckabee super PAC or maybe as a major Huckabee supporter, uh, donor, had gone over to Cruz. Those sorts of things will be interesting because they generally mean an injection of cash at a time when you can most use it. So, And since the Cruz campaign has been much more efficient 
in the use of its money than has um, the Bush campaign. You got to figure that uh, uh, a little a little cash helps a lot. There is also again you you can't read too much into this, but there's a piece in American Thinker about uh, entitled Trump's Cash Crunch, and this is a this is a growing theme. What this article is about is a growing theme in this campaign that I think is going to turn out to be true, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But he says, Frank Friday writes, count me in with those who suspect that Donald Trump is no billionaire, but mil- merely a poser who may never have recovered from his many big deal failures, as AT and others have already noted. Ted Cruz is finally bringing this idea up. But it's a testimony to just how opaque Trump has made his finances that only recently has anyone outside the financial press even discussed the matter. Trump just released his fourth quarter FEC, Federal Election Commission, report, and again the political press doesn't know what to make of it. Beyond the fact that he lent his campaign $12.8 million, which in part went to pay back Trump entities for travel and event services. Real billionaires don't campaign like that. Your Linda McMahon and Ross Perot and Meg Whitman just write checks for tens of millions without batting an eye. Trump, however, seems to be hoping or needing to get that money back in the future. Trump has relied on the roughly $6.5 million in unsolicited small donations he received. So, by the way, he is taking donations. Can't say he's not. In fact, a third of the money he's brought in has been money brought in from it, so he's not self-funding. That would be a lie, but lies don't count as lies in reality TV. This means he was badly outspent in Iowa, tying with Bobby Jindal for money spent on Iowa TV. Then Trump's lack of organization in Iowa proved fatal, running against the competent Rubio campaign and the very tech-savvy Cruz operation. And Trump made a laughing stock of his campaign with Tea Party reject Katrina Pearson. This is what Frank says, not me. I actually like Katrina. In fact, there hardly is an actual campaign, just his children, domestic staff, and Twitter followers. But you can't deny he has a lot of Twitter followers. Tell you what, as somebody said on Twitter, if Russia attacks us, Trump would kick their ass on Twitter. He really would. All right, Ramon, here's one for you. What's the difference between a Pulitzer Prize writer and a Utah carpenter? One is Norman Mailer. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. You know, uh, if you were whispering in the Donald's ear, it would be fun to tell him. Ramon, stop asking me. 
I said, what's the difference between a Pulitzer Prize? I'm trying to make a point here about the Donald and Marco Rubio. What's the difference between a Pulitzer Prize writer and a Utah carpenter? What is so hard to understand about that? I said, one is Norman Mailer. The other one is a, yeah, a Utah carpenter. Oh, Ramon, can you do something? My, um, damn it. My earpiece is messing up again. I'm getting that that screeching noise. It sounds like crickets or something, if you could just do something with that. So if you were whispering in um, the Donald's ear, you might say, hey, Donald, you don't want to let Marco Rubio get too close because Rubio almost beat Trump. Yeah, you got to take him out now. And that would be the point where you hand him – because he loves the personal attacks. That would be the point where you hand him that report that the Bush campaign tried to tried to traffic, which is that when Marco was arrested in the park at 18 years old, he was in the car with three other men, and one of them ended up being a gay porn mogul who had all sorts of legal problems. If the Donald had uh, – had that kind of, I mean, can you imagine what he would do with that? I mean, he'd, he'd go off. Oh, I've known Ben Carson of him for a long time. I never heard faith was a big thing until just well, recently. He's a Seventh-day he Adventist. Running. I mean, it's, so I don't it's something about he talks ben about a lot. Carson's faith, and all of a sudden, he becomes this great religious figure. I don't think he's a great religious figure. And I saw him yesterday quoting something, and he was quoting on humility, and it looked like he had just memorized it about two minutes before he made the quote. So, you know, don't tell me about Ben Carson. Well, now, ben, ben Carson's, Carson's coming at you, one. too. He he's says... Starting to hit me, so I hit back. I only hit back when I get hit. I'm I know. a great counterpuncher. He was a. He's doctor, a great counterpuncher. Perhaps a you know an okay doctor. By the way, you can check that out too. We are not talking about a great. He, he was, was an okay doctor. He was. A, he I was don't know about okay fine. doctor. You know, he was the he first was man to separate conjoined twins. Because he's a know. doctor and he hired one nurse, he's going to end up being the president of the United States. Hmm. I have our folks pulling Trump insults of uh, of the other candidates. By the way, these are not insults in response to him being attacked. Ben Carson never, ever attacked the Donald. Not one time. But yesterday, Trump made the statement that... Uh, uh, hold on, I'm trying to find it for you. Yesterday, Trump made the statement that um, uh, Ted Cruz is a man of insults. Oh, yes, here we go. Well, he insulted me. I mean, he started with the insults, and uh, as you know, and he insulted Ben Carson by doing what he did to Ben Carson. That was a disgrace. And he insulted the people of Iowa by doing a voter violation form that nobody's even seen before which was disgraceful. So, uh, no, no, he's uh, he's a man of insult. Isn't it ironic? So Ted Cruz insulted Ben Carson. He's a man of insult. Well, Ted Cruz never actually said anything about Ben Carson. There were, were reports that at the polls, 
people were saying that it was reported by CNN that Carson had dropped out. And in fact, it had been reported by CNN that Carson had dropped out. Had he dropped out? We don't know. He's going home to get some more clothes, apparently. And not, he hadn't dropped out. He's just not going to the other states. He's, he's still apparently running, I guess. I have no reason to insult the man, but Ted Cruz never insulted Ben Carson, ever. But he's a man of insult. Yet are we supposed to forget that you called him pathological, used as an analogy, a child molester, because they too are lifelong conditions, said he's not a very good doctor? Look, insult anyone you want, Trump. You can't just wake up every day and it's a new day and everyone who was great is now a loser and the losers are great and it's all great and everything you do is great but nobody else is great. You're you're maligning a man's entire career on the basis of and you you say his career can be reduced to he hired a nurse. Let's see who's a man of insult. I've known Ben Carson of him for a long time. I never heard faith was a big thing until just recently. He's a Seventh-day Adventist. I mean, it's... So So let's start with... I'm not even sure about all this faith crap. I bet he doesn't even know what's in 2 Corinthians. Um, So 2 Corinthians, go walking in a bar. I bet he doesn't even know. I bet he doesn't even know about 2 Corinthians. I don't don't know. You say he's so, so great at faith. He's not great. He's not great at faith. What's so great about his faith? He's not a great faither. He doesn't he doesn't greatly worship or or speak about the Bible. I don't even know if any of this is true. I ne- I never even heard of him like, you know, praying out loud or anything. Like he never came to my house and when it be- because of that, I know he never came to my house and prayed. And sure in 2013 at the national prayer breakfast the entire nation listened to his prayer, but has he always been praying? Like, he's not a great prayer. And by the way, that prayer wasn't even great. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. He did, he did fine. I mean, he did fine. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. But I mean, truthfully, he's a loser. It wasn't a great prayer. Oh, I've known Ben Carson of him for a long time. I never heard faith was a big thing until just well, recently. He's a Seventh-day Adventist. Running. I mean, it's, so I don't it's something he talks ben about a Carson's lot. Faith. And all of a sudden, he becomes this great religious figure. I don't think he's a great religious figure. And I saw him yesterday quoting something, and he was quoting on humility, and it looked like he had just memorized it about two minutes before he made the quote. So, you know, don't tell me about Ben Carson. Well, now, Ben, ben Carson's, Carson's coming at you, one. too. He he's says... starting to hit me, so I hit back. I only hit back when I get hit. I'm know, a great counterpuncher. Me... He was a great doctor. Perhaps, a, you know, an okay doctor, by the way. You okay. can check that out, too. We, we're not talking about a great... He, he was an okay doctor. He was a, he I don't was know about okay fine. doctor. You know, he was the he first was man to separate conjoined twins. Because he's a know. doctor and he hired one nurse, he's going to end up being the president of the United States? Because he was a doctor and he hired one nurse. He was an okay doctor. Look, you Trumpkins, you support your guy. But are you going to tell me that a man who was head of the department at Johns Hopkins is an okay doctor? (laughs) 
do you know you you want to start telling people to do their research and suggesting that there's something evil out there, something afoot? Why don't you do some research, Trump, and figure out how well respected Johns Hopkins is? Why don't you look at his career as he was an okay doctor? He hired some nurses. Man of insult. The Michael Berry Show. Come on, man. you got to have some integrity in the process. There's only three bands from the hand. That's it. Not true. The queers are from there. Make that four. Boom. You're not looking hard enough. There's like 500 people in New Hampshire. I guarantee you one of them was a band. <laughs> if you combine Iowa and New Hampshire, it's still smaller in number of people than Harris County. The county we live in. That's surprising, right? There is something to be said for having a primary in a small state because the candidates, the voters actually get to meet the candidates, and that's not going to happen very often. I don't know that meeting a candidate tells you how they're going to vote, but it does at least tell you how they're going to present themselves face-to-face. Not that that's going to matter come November. This is stunning. This week, Mike Huckabee, Martin O'Malley, Rand Paul, and Rick Santorum have all decided to drop out of the race. All of them dropped out. Yeah. Which, which explains Jeb Bush's new campaign slogan, I can't take a hint. <laughs> so here's my pledge to you. I will be a commander-in-chief that will have the back of the military. I won't trash talk. I won't be a divider-in-chief or an agitator-in-chief. I won't be out there blowharding, talking a big, big game without backing it up. I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter would send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. Jeb did buck up, though, yesterday. He outworked everybody, and, and he won. It doesn't necessarily translate beyond that, but uh, to his credit, he won. And the other interesting thing is Donald Trump lost. And we'll He's talk about that after. He says Donald Trump lost. He's a loser. But Hugh Hewitt was going to break. I don't think he was trying to silence him. Uh, but he's going to break, and he's trying to tell him, I need you to stop, so we're going in. But just, just listen to it. Listen carefully underneath there. He outworked everybody, and, and he won. It doesn't necessarily translate beyond that, but uh, to his credit, he won. And the other interesting thing is Donald Trump lost. And we'll talk about that after. <laughs> this is going to get interesting. That was an awkward laugh, uh, Ramon, because I was about to cough at the same time I went to laugh. So it was a sort of uh, diaphragmatic uh, um, ejaculation, if you will, sort of. Jermaine. Yeah, secret things. Uh, you're correct. Uh, Trump probably single-handedly at least contributed a lot to decimating Carson's campaign by calling him a liar and crazy and whatnot. Sure he and did. Now, sure he did. Know? Carson was in first place. When Trump started insulting and attacking him, absolutely he did. And I don't know how he can make these definite statements. Um, Carson supporters definitely voted for Cruz, and it definitely cost him the election. As if the hour polls on the tour were accurate or something. Uh, Rubio's results didn't reflect where he 
wasn't opposed. So did he still vote from someone? I mean, it it sounds like the uh, like someone who's pouting because they lost. And I'm interested to hear your concerns about Palin. Has she just totally went out the deep end? Is she on drugs or something? I mean, what is what in the world is is going on with her? She's eating her own over this circuit clown that would be calling her a bimbo if she had supported someone else. I mean, why she's doing why she's doing what she's doing? That is a very interesting question, Jermaine. Um, it's an interesting question I think a lot of people are going to have to answer. Evangelicals who came out for Donald Trump. First of all, unlike what Donald Trump did to Ben Carson, I'm not going to question his faith because that's a personal issue. I am going to question his public life and statements he's made in the past. Pretty much every major issue on which any Christian church in America has ever had an opinion, other than maybe the Unitarians, he has been the exact opposite of. This is a guy who, on the issues of conscience that American evangelicals have made their battle cry for over four decades, he not only wasn't in that battle, he was the exact opposite position. Openly, proudly, somehow the city he's from directed his values and not his faith. I'm not going to judge a man for having been married three times. I'm not going to judge a man for some of the things that have been reported about his life. That's his life. But when asked about forgiveness, says he doesn't, then he's not a Christian, which is fine. You can run for president and not be a Christian. You can run for president and be a non-evangelical. But for the evangelicals to act like this guy is it when there is no way he lines up with them on anything forces a question. Why? Why are they supporting him? Show me an issue. Are these evangelicals really, really interested in the wall? Because that's the only issue Trump has. That's the only thing he's ever said is, I'll build a wall, which... You know, catapulted him from a guy who said Mitt Romney's uh, uh, self-deportation, which wasn't even really an immigration policy. It was too mean to Hispanics to all of a sudden build a wall. And he told the New York Times, that's what I say. I say build a wall. When they're falling asleep, I say build a wall, and they hoot and holler. (laughs) It's fine that Trump has this opinion about everybody else. What's not fine is that people are sort of a battered wife syndrome. It's a Stockholm syndrome. For these people who cannot get enough of this man, who cannot stop insulting them. Blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. And then it, it's, it's like he's, he's hired Sarah Palin to start attacking Ted Cruz. And now, Sarah Palin, professional conservative mommy blogger. Greetings, fellow patriots. It is I, Sarah P., the number one patriot mommy blogger on the interwebs. I just wanted to jump on here and remind everyone that Ted Cruz is a super guy. He's really great. I heard he used to get stellar grades in school, and now he's fighting so hard in the Senate for those conservative values, don't you know? There are so many things I love about Ted Cruz. For starters, he's gonna... Hello there, Palin residents. Can I help you? Hey, Sarah. 
It's me, Donald J. Trump. Well, hey there, Donnie Trumpmeister. How's it going? Sarah, I'm running for president, and I want to offer you a job campaigning for me. It's going to be huge. Well, say, that sounds super duper. Consider me the newest conductor on the Trumpapalooza train. Swell. Dear fellow patriots, it's me, Sarah P., the number one conservative mommy blogger in the Twitter sphere. I just wanted to remind everyone that Ted Cruz is a dirty Cuban liar. Not only that, but Ted Cruz is also a lying liar who lies a lot. Plus, I heard the liar Ted Cruz used to spend time up in Canada, where everyone's a liar. And they don't even love Jesus up there, because liars never do. And he'll just lie and lie like liars tend to lie. And when liars are lying, this has been Sarah Palin, professional conservative mommy blogger. The Michael Berry Show. The Michael Berry Show. Trump credit. Every Trump or tantrum is a train wreck, and it is. It's good TV. I mean, you can't turn it off. I mean, there are lots of things we watch on TV that we don't believe should be president, but you got to give the guy credit. He knows how to get a crowd. I mean, it's always something, isn't it? He calls uh, Ted Cruz an insult man. He's an insult man. He insulted Ben Carson, which he didn't. He's an insult man, a man of insult, which is interesting because. The most interesting thing Donald Trump has done in the last 10 years was fight with Rosie O'Donnell, which I must admit I find hilarious. Not particularly presidential, but hilarious. Well, Rosie O'Donnell's disgusting. I mean, both inside and out. You take a look at her. She's a slob. She talks like a, like a truck driver. Rosie attacked me personally because I was very happy when her talk show failed. The other thing that failed, and this was a real monster, and everybody was suing her, was her magazine. Her magazine called Rosie was a total disaster. So I loved it. I gloat over it. I think it's wonderful because I like to see bad people fail. Rosie failed. I'm happy about it. She's basically a disaster. Well, she called me a snake oil salesman. And, you know, coming from Rosie, that's pretty low because when you look at her and when you see the mind, the mind is, is weak. I don't see it. I don't get it. I never understood. How does she even get on television? I believe Barbara made a terrible mistake putting her on, and I think Barbara's probably paying a big price. If I were running The View, I'd fire Rosie. I mean, I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. We're all a little chubby, but Rosie's just worse than most of us. But it's not the chubbiness. Rosie is a very unattractive person, both inside and out. Rosie's a person that's very lucky to have her girlfriend. And she better be careful or I'll send one of my friends over to pick up her girlfriend. Why would she stay with Rosie if she had another choice? She's trying to use ABC and The View to get even with me. But with me, we fight back. I'll probably sue Rosie because she doesn't tell the facts. As an example, 
I'm worth many billions of dollars. Now, she said I was bankrupt. I never went bankrupt. So probably I'll sue her because it would be fun. I'd like to take some money out of her fat-ass pockets. I actually think they ought to look at her whole life and see where she's coming from because I think she's got some very deep-seated problems. Perhaps it should be Rosie that goes to rehab. Rosie is a loser. Wow. Um, and he says uh, Ted Cruz is an insult man. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I. Uh, <clears throat> it, it would be interesting to have him as president announce that everyone he doesn't like is fat and ugly and disgusting and gross and tell us that he's worth billions of dollars. People that are worth billions of dollars don't tell you that they're worth billions of dollars. Steve, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Um, Michael, you make a gallant effort to stay on top top of uh, current events, and you possess a far better than average analytical skill set. So my question is this. I'm always worried when someone starts with a compliment, they're usually about <laughs> to tell me how wrong I am. No, this is not. This is the exception of that rule. Okay. Since the, um, you know, the outset of these presidential campaigns, You've predicted a Trump meltdown, you know, or a blow-up, which I'm anxious to see. But in your opinion, this is my question, are these recent tantrums, these unethical antics of Trump's, do you feel like this is the beginning ripples of the Trump tsunami, or or is this just standard fare? What do you, what do you think about this? Do you mean, is he actually losing control of his emotions, or is this part of the show? Uh, yeah, the first. He's actually losing control of his emotions. Uh, well, let's go back because because I, I think that the question would be, um, you know, when he goes off on Rosie O'Donnell and calls her a fat slob and says he, you know, he's going to send some girl over to steal her girlfriend because she's gross and it's pretty, I mean, pretty nasty thing to say. Is he saying that because he's so angry, or is that part of the show? I think he says that because he's so angry. Uh, I think that. I think that he does not like to be insulted, or I don't. I think he does not like to be challenged or criticized. And his way of dealing that when he does with, with that when he does is to insult. It's his it's his his mo. Um, I suspect because I've heard this that there are going to be people who come out like the old lady. Uh, you know that he tried to take her her uh, her house so that he could have a parking lot for his casinos uh, for the limos at his casino. I think you're going to find some people out there uh, whose non-disclosures, who, who are not going to honor their non-disclosure because they're not going to want him to be president, and they're going to tell where he bullied people. You notice how he keeps saying he's going to sue her? Here's the point. Rich people often get their way in business deals by suing someone who they know, even though they know they're wrong, they know they can they can bleed the other person dry on legal fees. And that happens every day. People will mercilessly use uh, their team of attorneys to win a business deal, to get out of a deal, to buy a property, you name it, by dragging someone through litigation. You can tie up with a basic lease, lease pendants. You can tie up a ba- you can buy a, tie up a piece of property and prevent it from being sold. You can prevent a deal from being done. You can get injunctions again. You can you can destroy someone through legal harassment. Uh, and when I say legal, I mean 
as in lawyer harassment, and it is not illegal, you can destroy someone. You can drag someone, and there are lots of rumors that this man has done that. Um, now, the Trumpkins can get upset, but you know good and well he has. You know, or you, let me say this. You know good and well that you don't know good and well that he has. You know good and well that that is in keeping with his personality. This is a guy who uh, does not win. Uh, he, he's not persuasive. He's bombastic. He yells. He insults. And most of all, and this is all that matters, he entertains. He entertains. Ronald Reagan didn't threaten. He didn't call people fat, disgusting, slob, fat-ass, loser, lesbian, dumbasses. Because that's cute. It's true. Honey Boo Boo was cute. Reality TV. The Kardashians are cute. Hell, uh, Bruce Jenner. All of it. It's all very entertaining. But I think people are beginning to see that there is a difference between entertainment and the serious business of this country. More Michael Berry Show coming up. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. These vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through the very heart of it. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. city that doesn't sleep and find Ramon's I'm doing songs about New Hampshire <laughs> so somebody sends me a message during the break say hey, Michael you don't like Rosie O'Donnell either why, why are you criticizing Trump for criticizing her I don't like Rosie O'Donnell you're right but I wouldn't support you murdering her so let's start there and work our way backward. I wouldn't support you murdering her. That would, would agree. Just because you don't like somebody, you wouldn't murder. Okay, so we won't murder them. Let's let's see how far on that continuum we would go. I wouldn't support you walking up to Rosie O'Donnell and bashing her head, even if it doesn't kill her. Okay, we would all agree with that. It's probably wrong. I mean, she is still a woman, even if yeah. All right. So then we we dial that back a little bit more. Um, I draw the line somewhere along the point where you say that you ought to just hire some pretty girl and go over there and steal her girlfriend away. Mm, that's a pretty nasty thing to say. Now, if you think it's fine to talk about other people like that just because you have a disagreement, then we can just disagree on that. I had somebody post a message and said, Michael, I know that Trump is bad, but the Democrats are bad. We need somebody badder. You people have lost any sense of your mooring. You have you are no longer anchored and grounded. You have no beliefs, no principles. 
All that matters anymore is beat those damn Democrats. Michael, if we got to murder them, if we got to burn their houses down, if we have to stab their eyes out and rape their children, it doesn't matter. We have to beat them because they make me so mad. Well, wait a second. So you would you would literally stop at nothing because they're such awful. Yes. And this way I don't have to because Trump will do it for me. So you're saying that Trump is such a low-down, dirty, lying, stealing, conniving bastard that that's why you want him to be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait a second. Well, then you're no better than the Democrats. You're just like them. Why well, don't want to lose? You don't want to lose. We lost two elections. We won two elections. We lost two elections. We won three We lost an election. We won how many? Two. We lost an election. We lost an election. We won an election. We won an election. We lost an election. We're back to 48, if you're wondering. We've actually done all right, guys. We've done okay. Well, but Michael, all that matters is the last eight years, we lost two elections. All that matters, I I can't manage to see beyond two elections. We lost two elections. And so now, unless we unless we can either get Obama on our team, because Obama would be Hillary because he proved it, or somebody like Obama, then we can't win. Why? Who's telling you people this? Where are you getting your information? We can't win, Michael. Democrats going to get us. They're going to get us, Michael. We can't beat them. Why can't we beat them? Well, because we lost. We lost to Obama because we had an awful candidate in Mitt Romney. We lost to Obama the first time because we had an awful candidate in John McCain. Well, I know, but we got to get the we got to get somebody that's awful because that's the only way you can win. That's not true. We won the two elections before that. And then we lost two elections to Clinton. One of them because we put up a candidate just like we did the last time and the one before. And in 90s, you put up bad candidates, you lose to the Democrats. You put up good candidates, you beat the Democrats. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. But the nation has changed, Michael. Has it? Okay, let's see how it's changed. Let's see how it's changed in the last eight years. Michael, it's got blacker and browner and meaner and Muslimers are, and ISIS are, and uh, it's, it's changed. The world's changed, Michael. Rules don't, play no, rules don't apply no more. Nothing, nothing applies, Michael. You gotta, you gotta do what they tell you, and you gotta, do, you gotta do it like that. The world has changed, or at least America. You're right; it's changed dramatically. In 2008, Democrats had 35 states that were solid or leaning Democrat. Now they're down to just 14. Republicans have taken control of every legislature from Texas all the way, I think, to South Carolina. It's never been done in my lifetime. We've taken both seats in Arkansas, both seats in Louisiana. We've made gains in every state, in almost every state we've made gains, even where we haven't flipped it. Yeah, everything's changing for the good. Why do you want to throw all of that away? Why? Why throw it all away? Why, when for so many years we've fought on principle? 
hey, guys, we're against an ethanol mandate. Not because it's a subsidy. Subsidy is coercion, and we oppose government coercion. That's true. Not just because it is coercion or coercive and corrosive, by the way, but also because it is wrong, number one, and it's bad for business and the consumer. Nobody wins except the Iowa voter. So we've opposed it, even if it meant losing. And this time the candidate that opposed it won. And yet you're going to be for a guy who said he was for it when we were against it. Were you for the ethanol mandate? No, you weren't. You were against it. And then your candidate comes out in favor of it and you go, it doesn't matter. As long as we win, as long as we win, just win, win, win. Win what? What have you won if you've lost your soul? If you gain the world, what have you won? If at the end of it you are not who you thought you were, rather than change the system, you're going to let it corrupt you? Rather than stand on your principle and win back your country, you're going to burn the house down and declare it a victory? And what if you do win? What if you do elect this guy and he does get in the White House? And there he is, having opposed everything you've ever stood for. And he has four years to do whatever he wants. Well, at least he ain't a Democrat anymore. He hasn't been a Democrat since 08. What are you doing? What do you actually believe in anymore? Anything? Or just winning? Just win. Doesn't matter if you have any principles. Tell your kids that. Try telling your kids that. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Mark 8.36, Matthew 16.26, Luke 9.25. Basically, all three say the same thing. (laughs) Ramon, I'm trying to be serious here, and you putting gravy under me. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? I couldn't remember the verse number, but my pastor often spoke on this issue. Went to a youth revival when I was 17. And I'll never forget. Um, I never forget. It, it was about, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, what do you want to gain? And what are you willing to sacrifice? And... 
sacrifice. There's sacrifice that's good. There's sacrifice that's bad. What is discipline but sacrifice, right? Sorry, but these are Southern Baptist tenets. Things you, the language may bother you if you're not a particularly religious person, but I think you can understand the concepts because they translate outside the religious sphere. The revival's message was about what you what you seek to gain in this world and what you're willing to sacrifice and that discipline is but sacrifice right if you're disciplined on a diet what do you sacrifice chocolate cake french fries fried chicken Jessica did fried chicken dinner at Darcy C last night ice cream malts Mashed potatoes, hamburgers. Discipline is simply sacrificing, doing without or giving up. Either doing without that which you do not have or giving up that which you do, right? That's all discipline is. That's why discipline is so difficult because it is sacrifice. What are you willing to give up in order to gain that which you want? Well, here's where we went wrong, people. Here's where we went wrong. Some of us got confused and thought that what we were seeking to gain was that the person in the White House was the one we voted for. That was never what we sought to gain, that was a byproduct of what we sought to gain. That was necessarily too, but not necessarily. Uh, let me just leave that alone. That was necessary to what we sought. We sought to change the direction of the country. And then I could go into the political speech, but you know it already, so I'm not going to. We sought to get government off the backs of individuals, and then I did. We sought to get government off our lands. We sought to get government out of our schools. We sought to get government out of our businesses. We sought to get government out of our health care. We sought to get government out of everything they shouldn't be in and make them do that which they should, which is give health care of every type to our veterans after sending them into wars and sending them to fewer wars, right? Those were, those were the things we sought to do. We didn't need to turn on the television and go, that's my boy right there. I vote for him. Yep, that's mine. I'm right there. Mine. Mine. Everybody else. Nobody else picked the winner. This isn't the horse race. Horse number seven won. Sly Willie. I knew Sly Willie would win. See, I went down there. I... The jockey was, you could tell the jockey, he was, he had that look in his eyes. They were going to win. That horse, oh, man, he was, he was amped. That horse was ready to win. And I knew it. I won. I won $383. What y'all win? I lost. I won. That's my horse. Okay, well, you don't take him home. No, no, I, 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 this is not about the horse. It's a validation of me. I picked the right horse. I'm smart. I'm good. My horse, my team, rah, rah. Right? That's what it's about. That's what going to the races and winning is about. That's what 
I picked that. I got that right. It's me. Look at me. I'm my candidate. Is that what we want? We want to have hit and hit 21 or stay and you get the card and you bust? Is that what it is? We want to show we're smart? I, I picked the right one. I picked the one that was going to win. Me, I'm smarter and you picked the one that's going to lose. You're a loser. Because <clears throat> winning is everything, right? But what are we winning? What, what are we seeking to win? Well, here's what's happened. Some of us got confused along the way. During this journey, this arduous journey to save our country, some of us thought that what we're seeking to do is win elections. That's not what we're seeking to do. We have to win elections in order to do what we're seeking to do, which is to fix the country. If we're winning elections but don't fix the country, then what was the point? For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? What have we gained if in the process we lose who we are? If we no longer believe in our principles, do we want to win the White House and then have the government take over our health care? Because that's what Donald Trump has said. Government will pay for it. Oh, I know. I'm fat. I'm a loser. I'm a nobody. I'm whatever you want to say. He said it and he means it. So why would you support that if you oppose that? Because I want to win. Win what? Win what? What are you seeking to win? More electoral votes in, in November of next year? Yes, I think you can win that with Trump. I think you can win that with Trump. I think you can win it with Cruz. I think you can win it with Rubio. And by the way, if your kids are in Little League, I don't think it's that hard to cheat. I think you can probably get a 14-year-old kid. It's been done all the way to the World Series. You can get a real ringer and bring them in. They won't live in that Little League district. They will have had extra years. They'll strike everybody out. You'll pitch them 29 pitches every game, and you will win. You will win the championship, and there you will be with your trophy. And you will know you won. What did you win? What did you win? Michael Berry Show. The Michael Berry Show. Let's just face it. The man's funny. Will I do when you're gone? Who's gonna tell me the truth? Who's gonna finish the stories I start where you always do? When somebody knocks at the door, someone new walks in, I will smile and shake their hand. You can't make old friends Can't make old friends 
can't make old friends It was me and you since way back when But you can't make old friends How will I sing when you're gone Cause it won't sound the same We'll join in on those hearts into the kitchen during the break get some more coffee Ramon comes walking by <laughs> somebody probably well I don't want to say who it is and then it isn't them but somebody they, they bring king cake every year every day there's something in our kitchen from one of the show sponsors not just of ours it could be Rod Ryan it could be Sports 790 it could be any of our stations and every day there's some Shipley's brings donuts every day. There's always some. And so I made it my rule years ago never to eat it because I don't – it's all or nothing for me. As Oscar Wilde said, I believe in moderation, in moderation. I'd, I If I start eating what's there, then I, I would never stop. I'd blow up. <clears throat> Fat enough as it is. Don't need to add that to it. So he goes, walk, he goes walking in to get his coffee. He goes, oh, there's king cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a really good segment and all, but I ain't sacrificing. <laughs> and he goes and gets him a whopping piece of king cake, which he declared was a modest size. Did you get the baby? There's something creepy about putting the baby Jesus in a cake. I'm sorry. I, I, I got it. I know it's a great tradition. Something, I, something weird about that to me. I'm just telling you. I, I'm just telling you. Terry, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Uh... You know, about 2011, I called you before, and the problem was you keep beating up the candidates. And I think one of the problems that the Republican Party has is voter apathy. For about a year, you beat up Mitt Romney. Yeah. And you ridiculed the people that supported him. You ridiculed him. uh, Yes, I did. Yes, I I did. I know you did it, and you're doing it again. No, no. Romney's not running this time. No, but you're doing it for Trump. You're doing the same thing. And I called you and I said, why do you keep doing this? I said, well, we need a perfect candidate. We need somebody that, that can survive the onslaught of Democrats. Uh-huh. Okay. But and then you said, will you vote for an imperfect candidate? I said, yes, I would. And you hung up on me. And then after Mitt Romney got the I nomination. Never, ter- Terry, let's not exaggerate to the people. Truth is important. No, no, you I did. didn't you hang up on you. I would have put you on hold while I made my point about how dumb you were probably. But I did not hang up on you. <laughs> Yes, you did. But did not. But the point is, Nuh-uh. after a year of beating up on Mitt Romney, and mm-hmm. then he became the nominee, then you beg people to vote for him because, well, he's not perfect, but he's you know one right. that we need to vote right. for. Right. Are you going to do the same thing with Trump? Are you going if he Absolutely. becomes the nominee? Absolutely, you will. Absolutely. I mean, you will tell people to vote for Trump if he becomes the nominee. Yes. Okay, that's what I'd like to hear. Yeah, but but he, here's what you don't understand, Terry. 
Now, I just put you on hold. I didn't hang up, so don't call me in four years and tell me I did. Here's what you don't understand, and a lot of people don't seem to understand. There's this idea that what we all need to do is just get along. Just whoever's in lead at the first part, just let them win, and then nobody will fight or nothing, and then we'll have our candidate, and he'll win, and we'll win, and everybody, because don't never say nothing mean about nobody. And then, because that's just, you know, we don't need to do all that, and then we'll just have our candidate, and then he'll win. And that way, if we never said nothing mean about him, then they'll win. Well, that's not how it works, sir. Elections are about ideas. That's important. They are about ideas. They are about, they are a hiring process. Now, maybe, maybe wherever you work, the way y'all hire people is everybody comes in and you go, uh, I like you because you wore blue today and that person is hired and everybody else isn't hired. And that way you don't have to, you know, ask a bunch of mean questions like, are you a drug addict? Are you a five-time felon? Have you ever been fired for, for doing this? Do you have a credit score that suggests you've never paid back? You don't need to worry. You just know that whoever you hired is going to be good because you didn't ask a bunch of questions. It would make them feel awkward. And that way you hired somebody, and that, that way they're hired, and they start the job. And now you know it's all good. Well, that's not how it works, sir. And I'm sorry that I, I didn't support Romney when in the primary when you wanted me to, and I'm sorry that I'm not supporting Trump in the primary when you want me to. And I'm sorry that in your mind you think that that means we lose next November. But I got news for you. The most spirited Democrat nomination, contested Democrat nomination, the Democrats have ever had. And I'm going to go back. I'm back to 72 in my mind. 68, no. 64, no. 60, no. 60 was contested, heavily contested. 56 would probably the mo- be the most heavily contested when they threw it to the convention and Adlai Stevenson came out again after having lost to Eisenhower in 52. So they thought, well, he lost to Eisenhower in 52. Let's have him run in 56. The last time the Democrats had a, a convention, uh, had, sorry, had a nomination process so hotly contested, you would have to go back to the year 1956. 1988 was pretty hotly contested, no doubt. Dukakis came out of that when you had Biden, Dukakis, Gephardt. Uh, who else did you have in 88, Ramon? Do you remember? <sighs> Dole was a Republican, you jackass. Um, no, it wasn't Dole. Stop messing with my head. You know what you're doing. Songus wasn't until 92. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 88 was not. You'd have to go back to 56 when you had such a hotly contested Democrat primary where you had John F. Kennedy, Al Gore Sr., Estes Kefauver, uh, Stassen, no, doesn't matter. Point is, here's my point. Let me get to it. In the year 2008, the Democrats had a very, very vicious primary. Now, you didn't notice it because you're happy when they attack each other. But it was ugly. It was nasty. It was vicious. Really, really vicious. Out of that came Barack Obama. A candidate who, first of all, everything negative that could be said about him, it was believed, had already been said. The birther thing, that all came from the Clintons. Everything that you've heard Republicans say bad about the about Obama actually came from the Clintons, and she threw it at him during that primary. The picture of him in Africa with the big uh, with the African garb and the big turban, all that from Clinton. Well, guess what happened? Barack Obama emerged from that stronger. He unified the party and he won. Iron sharpens iron, brother. This is an important part of the process. 
I'm sorry you don't see that. The czar of talk radio. Michael Berry. The Michael Berry Show. Heaven. I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I see. Several people are reporting that uh, Ben Carson has suspended his campaign. Sort of awkward. But that's what they're reporting, um, and they're putting their name behind it. So uh, let's give that a few minutes and see if any any of the news outlets will do so. But they seem to be reporting it on reliable authority. We'll, We'll see. Ryan, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead, sir. Oh, hey. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah you're, go ahead. All right. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to tell a quick little story, and it, it kind of reminds me of what you're talking about. Um, hold on, you know hold on, was, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you give us some levels? Can you? Yeah, let me uh, put take you off the speaker. Please. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, can't hear him well. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, just count to eight or something. Okay. Well, just to get the levels. All right. How's that? Much better. Yep. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All now right. we can hear you. Yep. All right. Uh, so <clears throat> when I was a young man, um, I was in Cub Scouts, okay? Well, how long is this one going to take? This is going to take like two minutes. Okay, because it's, it's, it's we're off to a bad start. All right. Go ahead. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here's my point. So my dad had this guy come out and build this Timewood Derby car for me because he didn't think that he had what it took build this car and once we were done building this thing this guy who had built this car for us he basically uh he had built one on his own him and his son who was not old enough to be in this race and uh it was a pretty nice looking car that he built and so when it came down to race day he said look i built this car me and my son did it ain't your car but it's gonna win and so i I took that car that that guy built and I, because I wanted to win, he said, well, you can't keep the car and you're not going to keep the trophy, but you can win. And so I, I took that car. I took that chance. And, and sure I think enough, this might be a parable, but w- tell me the lesson. Well, no, this is, this is just the truth. And I think that this is what we're doing, you know, with Donald Trump. I mean, How? He, he can win. Yeah. He can win. Sure enough. But it ain't going to be us. Well, you, well and said, it, And sir. I only had one chance to race the car, you know? Right. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Listen. If I believed that people wanted Trump to win because Trump stands for the things they believe in and they were working for that, I'd be fine with that. I would. My problem is how many people tell me um, that Trump's wrong on every issue, but at least he can win. He's tough. He's mean. And that's what you got to have because those – we got to get us one of these gladiator warriors because because the Democrats are so. You think the only place the Democrats cheat is in the presidential election? Because we're whipping them in Senate elections, we're whipping them in congressional elections, we're whipping them in gubernatorial elections. We whipped them in Wisconsin with a guy who's not even in our top ten of presidential candidates. 
He won three elections in four years. The unions came in and spent money like they'd never seen before. And we won three elections in four years with Scott Walker, who's not even one of our top eight candidates. You think they didn't want to win that? Obama was bussing people in there. They were bussing in union voter, uh, union workers, union goons from Michigan. They did millions of dollars worth of damage to the state capitol, running amok in there, tearing the place up. But we beat them and beat them and beat them. We beat them everywhere. We beat them in, in uh, Arkansas. The only place we didn't beat them was in Missouri because Carl Rove told us we couldn't have our candidate. We had to put Claire McCaskill back in. She'd been the national chairman of, of Obama's campaign in 08. We had to put her back in because our guy used the term legitimate rape. And most everybody now realizes that what he was talking about was versus rape claims. And that language has been used again and again, and it's acceptable. It doesn't mean that you think there are good forms of rape. Good grief. We win, and we win, and we win. And when we don't lose, we're so upset about it that we decided the reason we don't win or the reason we lost is because we're stupid and we need mean candidates. No, no. We lose when the base doesn't choose the candidate they believe in. That's when we lose. The base didn't want Mitt Romney. He was getting 20% of the vote consistently across the board and never more because the base didn't want him. So then it came time for November, and everybody thinks, well, we got to win all the blacks, and we got to win all the browns, and we got to win all this, and we got to win all. No, you don't. You got to excite your people. You got to get your voters out to vote because if your voters stay home because they don't like your candidate, that's half a vote against you. Do the math. That's how it works. If your voters stay home, it's not that there's this huge swath of people out there that must now be convinced, university students, let's give away free community college, so said Jeb Bush, because we got to get them young voters. Let's give away goodies, the ethanol mandate, because you got to get those Iowa voters. Let's give away some stuff. Let's agree that global warming is happening. That, that'll get the, the libs and the whites and the white liberals and the university professors, let's become the Democrats to win the Democrat votes. No. That's what Reagan was saying when he said, no dull pastels, bold colors, bold differences. Be a man. Be who you are. Be principled. Have conviction. Stand up. Be proud. Be clear. Be decisive. When we do that, we win. In the last four presidential elections, we've won two of them. That's half. We're not losers. We're not losing. We lost two elections the way they did. What did the Democrats do after putting up Gore, a flawed candidate, and Kerry, who they didn't like but thought he could beat the Republican because they thought he was more Republican than the rest of them. They came back with a very liberal candidate, and he won. We come back with a very conservative candidate, and we win.
review that I hold. I hold. The Michael Berry Show. Somebody tell me yesterday that the cruise, he is a trumpet. Cruise campaign broke the law in Iowa. Oh, really? Which law? Um, the law? <laughs> Which one? Because when I was growing up, my grandmother referred when the, when the popo would, she'd say the law's outside. The law, that was the man with the badge in a car that was marked black and white. You know, the red and blue thing on the top? That was the law. So, I mean, it's not nice, but sometimes I have to amuse myself when people have such strong opinions that they feel the need to voice them. I, I'm assuming they expect me to come over to their way of thinking, so I just I want to learn more. You should learn more. You ask questions, right? Teach our children that. I believe in it. Ask questions. Questions are good. They're no dumb questions. They're just dumb people. So what law? What law did he break? If he broke the law, we need to get the law involved to enforce the law. Well, um, they sent out mailers. Mailers. Oh, can't send out mailers? Was postal infraction? Well, no, they sent out mailers and told people you hadn't voted in four elections. You need to vote. Oh, wow. That sounds like what the tax assessor collector and the political parties and everybody else does. But they told people who their neighbors were. Oh, my goodness. I bet that scared them. But... They told people that their neighbors were voting and they weren't voting. Yeah. Was that a surprise? You can't do that. Really? Why not? Because the law? Curious. Somebody's told you that. Um, let's, let's assume there was a law. You don't know what the law is. But let's assume there was such a law. What would be the violation? You mean you can't take public information? Who showed up to vote and who lives at what address? You can't take public information about a person and send it right back to them? That breaks the law? Well, they shouldn't have done it. Okay, now... You can say that without looking a fool because that's an opinion, not a statement of fact. Well, I just, you know, I just, you just what? You just really want to make America great again? Bless you. Let's hug this out. Let's all agree that no matter who we elect, we'll all try real hard 
And look, we can come up with some more slogans. There's other good slogans out there. I mean, if if what we really need is some slogans, we can come up with some. I, I'm sure. I'm sure we can. We can. I'm sure we can get there if we just need a good old fashioned slogan. Jana, you're on the Michael Berry show. Hello. What happened to Jana? She sounded cute that first half of a word. That first half of a hey. There we go. Hello. Yeah. What was that? All? What was? What just happened? I don't know. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Well. Well, I know you like it when people disagree with you from time to time, and I'm going to. I don't like it per se. I just think it makes yes. for better radio. I don't. I, well, no, well, no. no that, here, here's the point. I think it's bad radio, and I and I hear people do this when when you have when they put the callers to the front who tell you how wonderful you are. That's terrible radio. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Well, well, that said, I do listen every day, and I listen when I on heart radio. I heart when I can't, but you mean I, you don't uh, listen when you can't. I don't. I, I I can't listen. I hate to it when people only listen when they can. I want them to listen when they can't. <laughs> well, I. What I'm do you do, Jana? Have you called before? I have called several times. I told you I listened to the show. I am a stay-at-home mom. Oh, okay. But I'm busy, Michael. We decided you were I, cute the last time you called in. I remember your call. I I am. Most, Ramon decides who's cute and who's not. We can't. We don't know. We just we just guess. Anyway, I I'm a Ted Cruz supporter. That said, I am starting to get a little bit worried because while I, I support him and people like me that listen to your show should because he's the better candidate, mm-hmm. Cruz and Trump aren't that different if you take out the behavior. And Oh, you're sure you they know, are. They're, they're different well, on, on every we, major issue. We could issue. pick them apart. But on, on Joe Q. American, who doesn't pay attention like I do, he, he does do things that are not like a politician. He stood up for illegal immigration when no one else would and now we're all talking about it yeah for and the he, for he, the record for the record um peyton manning also does things that are not like a politician i mean i'm serious i mean if the whole point is if the whole point is to scream or to say things that upset the media that, that doesn't make you qualified to be president or that you would be a good president i agree but we need to strategize at some point i agree with you to vote on on principle and stand by our principles. I, I have three kids. I say the same thing. However, I'm smart. And, it, and at a certain point in the game, if it looks like all these idiots out there who are watching Kim Kardashian, I don't understand why anyone watches that. But they okay, do. Okay, but ho- and- hold on, Jenna. Hold on, because this is where we get in trouble. This is where we get in trouble. We don't have to win the Kim Kardashian viewer to win. That's not the point. We don't have to outdumb our opponents. When you say you tell your children to do the right thing and you believe in that, but you're smart, what you said after but you're smart was not smart. That is a term, and I'll never forget the first time someone said this to me. That is called being too clever by half. You are outsmarting your own conscience. And that is never a good idea. It is never a good idea to do that which you do not believe is the right thing to do because somehow that's better. Because you will find yourself in a bad situation. You tell lies to cover lies. You make mistakes to cover mistakes. And before you know it, you're out on that plank. You've, you've fallen off and you can't get back to where you started. You are unmoored from your base.
Have your belief. Believe it. Act on it and win. If you don't win, then go out and convince other people how to get there. Look, there are more people that respond on American Idol or watch the Kardashians than vote. So we already know that even if no smart people voted, all the Kardashian people don't vote, right? We can start with that. We don't have to win among idiots. We just need smart, principled people like you to do what you know is right and get you out to vote and vote for the candidate you believe would be best. And trust me, we'll win. We're winning across the country.